Hello and hello and welcome to Literary Porno. I'm your host, Mike, with Amber, and we decided we're going to go a different direction. Uh, we uh, figure this is a literary porno, and reading these novels. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of action, but it takes a while to get to the action, and it like it takes a month to read a book that would take like an hour to read. Uh, so it takes us even longer. Yeah, so we're just gonna start reading these short stories, and just go from there. Uh, that way, you know, it's like real porn. You need about five minutes, and you're done with it. Anyway, but anyway, um, so tonight I'm reading a story, or we're reading a story. It's, uh, the name of it's Train, and, uh, the writer is Claire Woodruff. Alright. I need you closer to me, I'm blind. Um. Okay, so, okay. here we go. Sitting in the observation car on the Winnipeg-Churchill train, Derek watched the stunning coniferous trees and muskeg quickly pass by as the train headed north through Canada. He relaxed, lounged in his seat, arms behind his head. A vent below his seat blew warm air against his feet, and a steaming cup of almond-flavored coffee kept his insides hot. Meanwhile, outside, it was cold. He had touched the window and felt a chill rush through his hand and up his arm. His warm hand had left a print where his where he's, his warmth had, hand met the cold of Canada. Derek had landed in, landed in Winnipeg the day before after an uneventful flight from Florida. The sun in Manitoba was white bright and the air had no humidity compared to the soggy air of his swampland. Stepping off the plane to make a quick jaunt to the terminal, he had closed his eyes momentarily and dragged in a chest full of the cold Canadian air. His heart had been thumping hard, banging against his sternum in all the excitement of going north. This was the first juncture of his journey north. The idea of going so far up the globe struck him when he purchased his tickets and hotel. He could have always canceled his flight and hotel arrangements. The air horn on the Winnipeg Churchill blasted out, and he had no choice of turning back. The train jolted ahead and began chugging northward. The Winnipeg Churchill completes the 1,700-kilometer journey to the vast subarctic region of North Manitoba in two days. He had tried to cover himself as best as he could with a heavy coat of nonchalance as a means of calming his excitement. Like a winter parka protecting against all cold, it had been impossible. The excitement sneaked in. He had relaxed in the observation car for several hours when there was a loud snap and all the lights in the cab flickered off. He sat up, confused and startled by the noise, but a moment later the lights were on again. He shrugged, figuring it was what happened this far north. This was no technological advanced area. He began a survey out of the window again. He put his feet up to return to relaxation. But another snap and a subsequent sizzle, and all went dark in the car. Unlike before, the lights didn't come on, and the heater vent stopped blowing its air. The other people in the car were as surprised as he was. They began to stir from their seats and ask if this was normal. 
if the weather outside had somehow tripped the electrical system. What is going on? Is anyone fixing this? He said. Passengers, a man over an intercom, said slowly and calmly. The WCT conductor requests everyone return to their seats or cabins immediately as staff determines the cause of the outage and rectifies the situation. The WCT apologizes for any inconvenience. Thank you. Derek passed through several darkened cars, full of travelers chatting about the problem and how long it was until it was fixed. Heading to his cabin near the front of the train, he had to manually spread the doors between the train cars. However, when he came to his car, the door slid open automatically, as usual. All the lights were working, and the vents were blowing the warm air. The problem must just be in the back. Good luck for me, he said, entering his toasty cabin. About an hour later, Derek heard a knock on his cabin door. Good afternoon, sir, the sleeping car attendant said. He was a short man wearing a round, tan-shaped hat with a black brim. His navy uniform was lined with gold buttons, and a pocket watch was connected by chain to a button. As you've heard, we are having an electrical issue in the back cars, the economy seats. As it stands, we are having to shovel a few passengers around due to temperatures in unheated or minimally heated cars. The WCT would like to offer you a discount on your trip if you consider sharing your cabin with another passenger. Who would I be sharing my car with? I don't want some crazy guy. Well, here's where it may get complicated, sir. We have a female passenger who is willing to join you. I don't want to be rude, but I'd be going out on a limb here by sharing my cabin with a strange woman, especially one who's traveling way up here. Derek raised his eyebrows, trying to grin lightheartedly, but realizing he may have just insulted the attendant who worked this far north. He felt like he had suffered an uppercut to the gut. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. For repentance, he agreed to share his cabin. Thank you, sir, and no need for apologies. We do get strange travelers at time coming this far north. For her, though, I doubt there is any need for worry. He smiled broadly as if passing a message without speaking. I will pro provide your discount paperwork when we arrive in Churchill. On behalf of the conductor, the WCT, and me, thank you again, sir. He touched the black brim of his can hat and left. Derek had been sitting anxiously waiting for his cabinet mate when he heard the muffled voice of the attendant outside of his door. A moment later, he knocked. Sir, may we come in? Derek slid open the door quietly, or politely. Sir, this is Madeline, Madeline, meet Derek, he interrupted with a grin. She was a busty woman with dark hair that came to her shoulders. He reached for the woman's bags. Come in, come in. Glad to share my cabin with you. It's a little small, but I couldn't bear the thought of leaving someone in the train car without heat. Bad karma for me. I appreciate you letting me bunk here. You're kind and a little brave. She replied. The conductor thanks you too, the attendant interjected. He tipped his cap again, and Derek caught a quick glance from the attendant over Madeline's shoulder. He winked, knowing he had brought a gift, more valuable than any discounted train fare. They stowed the bags. Not much space, Madeline, but warm nonetheless. He patted the arm of a chair. Might as well get acquainted. There's about ten hours to go, and the train doesn't move fast. Madeline sat. Derek took the seat next to the window. Where where are you from, and why are you headed to this godforsaken place? 
I'm a, na na I'm a natural explorer. I've been that way since I was a little girl in Montana. Derek thought she was no little girl now. And you, Derek, It is, is it? Yes, Derek. I've always went, wanted to dip my foot in the Hudson Bay. Nothing more than that. Simple goal. Ah. Uh, she responded, considering his reason as a bit odd. All the way north for one dip? Wanted to do it since I was a little boy, growing up in Florida. I still live there, hot, humid Florida. Hmm. She was still confused by his reason. I guess everyone has a ba a bucket list. Basket bucket list? list? <laughs> Misspell, maybe? Yeah. No, she didn't know what the fuck she was saying. <laughs> okay. Oh, I get it. Uh, maybe. Fine. Go on. No, it's you. Oh, me. <laughs> Sorry. Whatever it's called. She waved off the correction. Oh, I see. I'm a bit of a wonder. I want to see what it's like up here and this far north in case it intrigues me as a place to live someday, maybe. I'm bored with Montana. I want to see how far I can test myself. You seem strong enough to handle quite a bit of harsh weather and lifestyle. That's just my first impression. I mean, little girls want to play with dolls and play house with anyone who will be the husband and kids. I I was always roped into being the husband. I turned out to be the husband that never came back home. But maybe girls are different in Montana. Madeline stared at the lean man sitting next to her. This clean-shaven man, a man untested by life, least of all nature. They are different than Florida girls. She was curt. The two of them sat quietly. They stared out of the window as the train, broken from the surrounding green forest, crossed on an old rail bridge above a large blue lake. The dark blue lake was lined by pine trees. In a moment, though, the train disappeared into the evergreens. It was an untouched landscape, but so was he, untouched for a long time. She was a nice-looking woman. He began thinking too much about her and what the attendant had alluded to and imagining what might happen if he acted. He started to feel the room heat up. <clears throat> or was it just him? He slid up the sleeves of his shirt and ran his finger along the shirt collar, stretching it slightly to release the body heat curdling along his spine. Getting warm in here, is it? She asked. He nodded. I don't know if there's a thermostat in here. Uh, I doubt it. I'm hot, too. I'm just going to take off a layer, okay? Without waiting for a response, she stood. Derek turned toward her <clears throat> and stared at her round, oversized rear end. Her lower body was emphasized by her narrow waistline, which appeared as she pulled off her sweater. Her T-shirt came up with it. Her skin was smooth and light. Different from most of the girls in Florida, his eyes ran along her hips and up her spine until she tugged down her t-shirt. That's better, a little cooler. She said, sitting in her seat again, inches from him. I had to layer up when I was in the back car and the electricity went out. Feel free to take off anything else you need. So your comfort, he abruptly stopped as he realized what he had said and saw her head swivel quickly toward him. He began to apologize. I didn't mean take off, as in all your clothes. I, I, I meant 
just be, you know, comfortable. Not that I'm implying anything or something. Just be, uh... Shut it. She said gently. I, I didn't think you meant anything by it. You're just talking to talk and you talk too much. <laughs> he felt a prickle of embarrassment along his scalp. He usually didn't feel this awkward. He could talk to a woman, uh, to people in general, relatively easily. He had friends. He was no outcast or weirdo. He was not the butt of anyone's jokes because of any social deformity. He wondered if being cramped in the cabin was the problem. They were sharing an armrest between their two chairs, like on an airplane, but for much longer. Or maybe it was the attendant's illusion when he brought her. The thought of what if had lingered in his mind, taking control. They sat quietly, feeling colder, but for him, not necessarily more comfortably. In the cabin, they watched the landscape transform from valley to muskeg, as it had transformed from prairie land several hours ago. She started to twist in her seat and shift positions every couple of minutes. Damn, I need to stretch uh, to move a little. I may get locked in this seated position forever if I don't. She leaned from side to side to extend her back. She reached her arms forward and upward, excusing herself when she touched Derek. Finally, she got out of her seat and began to rummage through her bag. Bent over, Derek saw her lower back again and beige panties. Her loose jeans could barely conceal her lower half. She reached back to try to cover her exposed back as if she knew he was looking at her. She stood holding a white t-shirt and a pair of shorts. I'm going to change into something more comfortable. I would in the bathroom, but there's no room. Uh, just don't look at me. I won't look or try not to. This cabin is so small, it's hard to miss anything. I know. I've noticed a lot already, too. Her comment left him confused. Uh, had she noticed the landscape, or was it something about him? She pulled off her t-shirt, and Derek looked away. Except that her reflection was in the window. <laughs> she unclasped her bra and let it slide off her shoulders. She tossed it on the seat next to Derek. Her movement allowed him to glimpse an outline of her breast and a short glimpse of her nipple. She pulled on the t-shirt. He adjusted his growing bulge. Next, she unclasped her belt, unsnapped the button on her jeans, and worked them over her hips and butt. They fell to the floor, thudding softly with a chink from the belt buckle. He turned from the window to her. Her panties were stretched across the mounds of her ass cheeks as she reached down for her pants. Standing upright, the panties were caught awkwardly between her cheeks, contouring to her butt and where the two cheeks came together. One at a time, she slipped her legs into the shorts. Derek got a good look at how her roundness shifted and reshaped. She turned. Her breasts swayed and bounced against the other, like playful children. His whole body heated up. Hey, could you not look at me? She covered her breasts, but her arms squished them together, emphasizing how large and squeezable. He raised his hands in guilt. There was no way to miss you. Reflections and everything, we are cramped and we're going to see almost everything about each other. She looked down at him. I see something now, too. Did I do that to you? Um, me just changing clothes? His face reddened, and he tried to cross his legs, but the stiffness would not be hidden that easily. Maybe I was the mm -hmm. brave one 
It wasn't. Oh, shit. Sorry. Maybe I was the brave one for staying with you. Don't do anything to me in the night. She said lightly, you're... He stopped himself again. I'm what? She said, however, it was not said harshly or to batter him. There was a change in her voice, in her tone. I'm what? You're lovely. You're making me get this way. He looked down but leaned forward farther in covering. She chuckled at him in the situation and what she had done. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, me causing that? I, I haven't been able to look away from you. She caught his eyes, dart down, and returned to her eyes. This old thing? She grabbed a hunk of her butt and jiggled it. I've had this since I was a little girl. Anyways, been too big. Too big? No way. It's the perfect size. He paused for a second. A thump from his chest made him question whether he should just shut up. But he didn't. I'd like to hear a slap on your ass and see a wiggle. Uh, oh, you would, would you? She laughed again. Then there was a pause in her laughter, and her body stiffened. Just as he had questioned his comment, she seemed to question herself. But she went forward with it, too. She slid down her shorts, revealing the beige panties, and leaned forward. Here it is. Slap it. One good one. Boldness having taken over, Derek lifted his hand high and smacked her ass. Her panties muted the hard slap and their tightness constrained a jiggle. Wiggle enough for you? I need skin on skin smacking. Pull your panties down a little. In a moment, and quite unexpectedly, she was bending over with her ass bared and ready for a slap. <laughs> He stood and shifted so his dick would bump and brush against her, and then spanked her. The ripples of flesh crossed one cheek and to the other cheek. She hissed in pleasurable pain. She straightened and pulled up her panties and shorts. What do I get now that you got what you wanted, quick pro quo? Is there something you want? He asked, expecting their flirtation to continue. He was unsure what her quest might be, but he was hopeful. A little privacy, some time alone. What? He replied quickly and sharply, still unclear after what had just happened. A little privacy to get ready for bed, she said bluntly. He mumbled quietly to himself as he stepped out. He was dumbfounded by her, immediately course change, her immediate course change. I, I left my warm cabin to search for an economy seat. He cursed to himself. He walked away, upset and with a heart on. The ass-smacking had led to nothing when he wanted, expected, hoped something exciting would happen. She only allowed the smacking to get some time alone. What a letdown, he thought. There were very few seats in the economy cars because passengers had been moved forward due to the outage problems. He walked down the aisles, trying to cover his bulge, his stiffness, eye level with the people seated and looked for a seat next to a window. None were available. He headed to the food car for a snack and a drink. A good time waster. He ate a microwave-warmed hamburger and slowly sipped Coke. He tried to work out the social mathematics of how long he should give her for a slap on her bare butt. How much private time was that worth? After the burger and Coke... He bought a small donut in a plastic bag and a cup of coffee. He leaned back, unrelaxed, and staring absentmindedly at the colorful lights 
waving on the horizon. Half an hour later, the host told him the food car was closing. Glancing at the clock, he saw he had given her 45 minutes of private time to get ready for bed. Long enough, he thanked the host and walked through the darkened cars. People were sleeping in awkward positions. A couple was leaning close together, watching a movie and sharing headphones. Finally, he arrived at his cabin. He took a breath and slid to open the door. Stepping inside, it was dark and silent. The moonlight cast a dim light into the room, and he saw the silhouette of her body, her shoulders dipping down to her waist, and then the mountain of her hips. And there he saw her lovely ass, available for viewing, uncovered by the blanket. The cheek on the top rested in other, which was neatly flattened under its weight. His cock grew immediately, thinking about running his finger along each cheek and gently tracing the ass crack. He thought for a moment about going over, then questioned the move. She was asleep now, having been given a little privacy and forsaking any play. He stepped into the tiny bathroom to wash his face when he heard her voice. <clears throat> you took long enough. He glanced out of the bathroom, his face cold and wet, the faucet spitting out water. She hadn't moved. Her large ass was still two stacks of thick flapjacks. I am getting tired. You're awake? Derek asked. Confused and wondering if he had conjured the voice in his head. Yes. She rolled over toward him, her breast shifting, the blanket covering much of her body. And waiting for you. Um, where have you been? Her voice had a hint of sultriness, a deeper tone, emphasizing her words. The tone uncovered what had been on her mind while he was chewing on a rubbery burger and a stale donut. He could have had some meatier and tastier things in his mouth. Um, resting her head on her hand, she said, Looks like you're excited to see me. Her eyes darted down. Do you want something that I can give you? I'm willing to just come, or willing, I'm willing to just come and get it. Mm. Derek walked to the bed, unbuckling his belt, and Madeline reached over to undo his jeans. In a growing tense moment of titillation, his pants dropped and she pulled his underwear forward, releasing a cock at full attention. She glanced up at him, grinned, and put, her, put it in her mouth. Derek felt her tongue kick. He felt it rub against the softness of her inner cheek. He grabbed her hair and pushed and pulled her head back and forth, guiding her. When he began rocking her with his strong hands, she released a muffled moan of a gagging pleasure, manhandled. Nearing his peak, he pulled her head away. Get up and turn around, he ordered her. She obeyed, moving quickly to her feet and laying her stomach flat on the bed. She lifted her butt and spread apart her large-ass cheeks. Her lovely pink asshole was puckered and her plump pussy lips were parted just enough to reveal the pinkness inside her slit. In my ass, please. <laughs> she whimpered, the sensation of exp expectation in her voice. He slapped his dick against her thick-ass cheeks and dropped a glob of spit into her crack, letting it slide down into her hole. He rubbed his thumb against her asshole to loosen the sphincter. She sighed as he pushed in his thumb and thrummed as he moved it in and out. Once loosened, he aimed his cock and entered her slowly. She hissed at the sensation of the penetrator was larger than his thumb. Oh, fuck. She wheezed and huffed in double time as he slid deeper. Go in slowly, not, but not too fast. She murmured for a moment, and then her body relaxed. Ah, oh, yes, uh, that's it. Hard now. 
and he did. They they rocked the train, their bodies slapped, slapping and ramming into each other, her cheeks wiggling and waving with his thrust. He grunted and she heaved until they both collapsed. She took the bed again. He knew she was smiling, simply by hearing soft breaths. He slouched in a seat to regain strength. Later, the train had stopped at a small station. He exited for a breather. The winds were cold, biting his nose and ears. Seeing the conductor, Derek called him. Where are we? Armor Station. We're getting some parts delivered to fix the heating problems, hearing lots of complaints. I bet you are. It'll be working again, and you can have your cabin to yourself. Want to give up your companion? He nodded towards the uh, cabin window. Madeline's cheeks were pressed against the glass in full view. Two mm. large-ass cheeks and a deep, deep crevice between them. Not a chance. <laughs> the end. So, uh, what'd you think? Oh, I liked it. <laughs> yep. There's no time to... No fucking around with this old, uh... Talky-talky stuff. It's just... Get to the fucking... That's what we're about here at Literary Park. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping. I'm tired. Well, mm-hmm. till next time. Um, mm-hmm. Later on. Peace.